Welcome to the Antonio T. Smith Jr. Sermon Podcast. Here you will learn more about the Bible, God's narrative, and build your journey and your relationship with God. Enjoy the Antonio T. Smith Jr. Sermon Podcast. Amen. He told y'all some terrible folk gonna be in heaven. Some of you heavenly folk gonna be in hell. Amen. God, we come to you right now and we thank you that well, we don't know, Lord, maybe we'll be in that number. After today's message, we got some changing to do. God, thank you for an inspired word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's all right. One more time for Pastor Temple. Amen. Word from on high, Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, if you don't mind. <coughs> Luke chapter 6. And what I want to do is verses 27 through 32. Go ahead, you can pull out your phones and start sharing. That's all right. Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 31. 27 through 31. Yeah, I'm going to walk hard today, too. Let me just tell you. Just the content matter in itself. Reads as follows. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray to those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other cheek also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic. That's the, that's the garment under the cloak. Either give it, let me read that again. For the one who takes away your clothes, give him your undergarments. That's what that says. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And you wish that others would do to you, do not do to them. Excuse me. And as you wish others would do to you, do so also unto them. Amen. Now, now listen. Thank you for joining me online. Do me a favor. I need somebody to Google for me the definition of poverty. I know it. I looked it up already. But I want you to look that definition up for me. Poverty. Just real quick. Look up the definition of poverty. You online. Somebody, one of y'all posted in the comments online the definition of poverty. <coughs> Do that for me. And then somebody read it out loud. The definition of poverty. P-O-V-E-R-T-Y. Who's got it? Who's got it? Do you got it? The state so, of being extremely poor. Uh-huh. Is that it? The state of being inferior in quality or insufficient in amounts. That's what I want to... Let's, let's just, just, just hold that for that. I'm not talking about that, but that's coming up. Today I want to talk about forgive or be useless. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about forgive... Oh, Lord. Forgive... <laughs> Or be useless. It seems as if this text, uh, the gospel writer Luke, who is not of the 12 disciples, he is not even of Hebrew descent. He, he, 
He literally walks with Paul for a while and the church fathers, the apostolic fathers allow his book to be inside of the canon, the, the, the 27 New Testament of the Bible because he has apostolic authorship. That means that he did not write, if you read his first chapter, his first five verses, he tells you, oh Theophilus, look, check it out. I haven't, I wasn't there, but I gathered witnesses from all eyewitnesses. I did all this. It, it seems as if this outsider, this non-Hebraic person knew that if you don't forgive, you're useless. Wow. Okay, okay, let me see if I do this again. It, 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 it would seem as if Luke had an understanding from the outside looking in that Christ wanted us to forgive. And if we did not forgive, we are useless in his kingdom. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Now, if you think that's hard, from this point on, it gets worse. It is often easier for us to see a marital problem, see a relational problem, and then from the outside, looking in, we can diagnose that entire problem. So allow me to rewind the last two minutes and tell you about this guy named Luke, who was not of Hebrew descent, who was not one of the 12 disciples, yet he had eyes that were on the outside that could see what Christians were missing. Okay, if that don't make sense to you, let me tell you how this looks in real life. If I ask you which one of you are great organizers, all of you raise your hand, but then if I ask you how many of you have to move all sorts of stuff off your passenger seat for me to get into your car? You would then prove to your own self you're not as clean as you think. And you're not the organizer that you think you are. Because, but here's the deal. That stuff in your car doesn't bother you whatsoever until someone on the outside, see, I'm going to it. keep walking with me, gets on the inside and then you are embarrassed about your behavior that you had in your car. Amen? I'm afraid, my brothers and sisters, that we need to be checked as a church. I am afraid that the people leaving the church, the millennials, the atheists, whatever you want to call them, all sorts of groups, gays, but I don't care, whatever you call them, they have seen something about our dirty little passenger seat that's become comfortable to us. And every now and then they point it out to us, but then we don't forgive ourselves or them. We rebuke them. But if 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 but but Luke says that you need to forgive. Now, now, now watch and pay attention how Luke covers every area in which you need to forgive. He says, but I say unto you who hear. First off, you got to be listening. He says, love your enemies. Now, hold on, Luke. Now, now just, 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 just then hold on a second now. Because my man raised no fool. I wish I had somebody. Amen. You know, I don't, I don't now listen now. I, I, I got this myself, and I don't have to. She, do you know what she did to me? I wish I had some folk who understand what I'm talking about. Because if you understood how bad he was to me, you wouldn't ask me to love my enemies. But Luke says, Jesus says, that's exactly who you're supposed to love. Amen. 
If you skip down to 32, don't worry about it. I got it memorized. If you skip down to 32, 32 says, what's the point of loving people who love you? Even sinners do that. I can't stand you positive vibe folk that only want to be positive to the people you want to be positive to. I wish I had somebody. Amen. You got to be nice to everybody, even the people you don't like. Did you? Okay, okay. So let me, I don't want y'all to think I'm taking from the text, I'm adding to it. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Did y'all hear that? Okay, so <coughs> love your enemies. Does that make sense? And don't we say God is love? So then God, your enemies. Is that, is that, is that fair enough? Is that, okay, okay. God is love. So whatever God is, do that to your enemies. Am I, am I, am I, am I okay? Okay, listen. It says love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Did you, everybody catch that? Now you always say God is love. But are you behaving like God to your enemies? Can I make this plain for you? You keep thinking Jesus Christ died for Christians. Jesus Christ did not die for Christians, at least not only. He also died for the people that whipped his beard off right before he hung up on the cross. Don't miss it. I'm going further. He didn't just die for the thief who said, oh yeah, please consider me. He also died for the arrogant one who said, yeah, don't even worry about me at all. Prove yourself. He died for the same people that wrote King of the Jews in three different languages over his head. He died for the people who flogged him and ripped the skin off his ribs. He died for the same people who said crucify him. That's how God treats his enemies. He dies for them. You, all this time, you thought Jesus died for you. No. He also died for the people who sent him to the cross. Luke says, love your enemies. We say, they ain't a part of the church. Oh, I told y'all this was not going to get easy, okay? Listen, love your enemies. So whatever God does to his enemies, that's what you need to do. Okay. Does God cut off grace for gay people? No. I didn't. I'm not here to argue if that's right or wrong. I'm saying if he gives them a chance to accept it and to be born again... Why are we not doing that? Amen. Amen. Treat your enemies like God treats his enemies. Can I make this make sense to you even more? Because Paul says there was a point when none of y'all were God's elect. All of you were Gentiles. And among you, God chose Abraham. And then made Abraham the elect. But until then, all of y'all were enemies of God. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. I know your grandmother been saved the whole time you've been born. And she's been in that church. And you've been in that church 27 years. I get it. I understand it. 
But before you actually accepted the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into your heart, he was your grandmother's God. But until you did it, I want to let you know you were an enemy of the Lord sitting in church. Oh, somebody help me out in this place. You may be saved now, but you didn't come out the womb a friend of God. You came out the womb an enemy of God. And look how he treated you. He gave you a chance. Now here you are, not forgiving other folk. And he been forgiving you the whole time you've been alive. Did you, did you, did, and, and I'm, just, I'm just trying to tell you what the text say. It says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Listen, I just want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I just want to tell you that we got to get past a point to where we are mean Christians. God had, matter of fact, let me just say it, it's like I want to say it. There's no use in God's kingdom for mean Christians. You've been saved 52 years and you still got an attitude problem? So what is the blood actually doing in your life? We, 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 we've got to stop. We've got to get past the point. Forgive or be useless. God can't deal with no arrogant teachers and preachers. They have no use and no place in his kingdom. Stop backing like your part of the body of Christ got the most lotion on it. Lord have mercy. Verse 28, it says, listen, bless those who curse you, then pray for those who abuse you, and then the one that strikes you on the cheek. <laughs> Offer the other cheek. To them. I'm, I'm going to break down both of these. Listen, listen, listen. Check it out. <clears throat> I already did that. Textually, I proved to you that you need to love your enemies like God loves his enemies. And God don't cuss his enemies out. Oh, Lord. Truth be told, God don't even ignore his enemies' phone calls. Because when they do finally turn around and pray upon him, he's right there to answer. I wish I had somebody. Now, bless those who curse you. Now, now let's, 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 let's break this down for a second because we didn't hijack the word blessed in the 21st century. It means whatever we wanted to mean. Ooh, that was a blessing, child. That food was so good. That was a blessing. We didn't, we didn't hijack it. You understand. Ooh, this microphone is a blessing to me. Ooh, my computer was a blessing to me. Ooh, look at her, child. She's a brick house blessing. Amen. I wish I had some brothers up in here. You understand? Okay, amen. Listen, listen. A blessing was something that you literally spoke and gave to other folk. It was something that you did not have to do, but you gave it to those who were 
outside of you, and sometimes less fortunate, you, you hit alms, you give alms. The, the man outside the gate called beautiful could not do it upon his own, so people would give unto him because he could not give unto himself. Though this text says, bless those who have the ability to give. They're just trying to give you stuff not worthy of you. Look, look, look at it. It says, bless those who curse you. Last time I checked, the folk that are healthy enough to curse you are healthy enough to get a job. They're healthy enough to love you right. They're healthy enough not to disrespect you. But they literally choose intentionally to cuss you and curse you and put something on you that is unworthy of you. Is that about right? When is the last time you've been... Uh, uh, hurt by somebody and they were not, they did not have the energy or the brain cognitive skills to do so. No, everybody who hurt your feelings had the opportunity not to hurt your feelings. So the Bible says, according to what is written in red, according to the writer Luke who says, Jesus says it, give unto those people who are too ignorant and too arrogant to do the right thing by you. Reverend, teach us, man. Do, do, you, do you see it in the text? Don't just bless folk because they homeless. See, see, he changed it on you. He changed it on you. He said, he took my arms. See, 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 I told you, we hydrate. We think blessing, baby, I'm going to help you out. You need $20 for gas, baby. I'm going to help you out. You, that's somebody less fortunate. If they are actively alive enough to curse you, they, this is somebody rubbing you the wrong way on purpose. <laughs> God, God says, I know you know they mean evil for you. I know you know that they're trying to get you fired. But don't you return that. Bless them. Oh, I'm trying to help you out. That's it. I, I am not deviating from this text at all. If they're cursing you, they are alive enough to do so, and they're intentionally doing it. You understand what I'm saying? This, okay, okay. So, let me give you a biblical example of this. <clears throat> let me give you a biblical example of this here. There's a guy named Joseph. He said it's already open. There's a guy named Joseph in the Old Testament. You may know him and you may love his story. It starts at Genesis chapter 37 and then it, it skips 38 and then it picks up at 39 and it goes all the way to 50, if you don't mind. And in and, and 50... It's my favorite part of the whole Joseph narrative because you don't get the kind of forgiveness that Joseph shows until you get to Jesus Christ. Come on, man. Let me break this story down to you just for a tad. Let me hold this for me because the bottom's not doing right. Just hold it. Let me get this story to you uh, just for a second. Uh, do ye pay attention? Joseph's own flesh and blood decided he didn't deserve to live. And if it wasn't for Reuben, mm -hmm. Joseph would have died and got murdered by his own kinfolk. Yeah. Pause right there, put a pin in it, we're coming back to it, let me apply it to you. You got some family that ain't always family to you. Come on, Reverend. Come on, I wish I had somebody. On, man. Am I the only one in a dysfunctional family? Amen. Psychologists say about 85% of families out here dysfunctional. And I've done a lot of funerals in my lifetime and I have never. White, black, Jew, Gentile, rich or poor have ever done a funeral with some family did not have to request for somebody to see their mama being buried. 
What am I saying? I'm saying all of us, regardless of our high class statue, got somebody in jail. I wish I had somebody. Amen. All right. Now check this out. His brothers, flesh and blood, try to kill him. And when they stop, they still sell him to be dead. That you don't sell somebody to slavery and say, have a good life. I want you to do better. I want you to do well. No, 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 no. I'm sending you to slavery because I want you to die. I just don't want you to do it in front of me. You got some family like that, don't you? That they don't want you doing good around them, but they don't talk to you. But you can go on off to college and die all by yourself. I'll go to your funeral and show my respect. Amen? And then when, 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 when Jacob dies, the brothers say, now surely he was being good to us. Amen. Because, you know, his pops is here, but he gone now. Go and give Jacob, I mean, go and give Joseph some gifts. And tell Joseph, listen, man, listen, don't, don't do us like that. And then Joseph says, what you, well, first off, he says, don't worry about it. What you meant for evil. God meant for my good. Now don't you just let that be a cliche in your Bible. Because in order for you to have possessed that level of forgiveness, you have to understand that what God is doing in your life, good or bad, it is for your good. I'm trying to help you out. That means that there are people in your life that are meaning you intentionally wrong. They are cursing you. They don't care nothing about you. But what you did for my bad, God did for my good. There are people who have a hurricane wrapped in their hands. And they can't wait to throw that hurricane at you. And it'll blow you all around. But Joseph understood that when the winds and the waves finish blowing me around, God will put my feet exactly where they, oh Lord, where they need to be for me to get to the next level. I'm just telling you what's in the text. That if you're not forgiving people, you're useless to God. Amen. Did you hear what I said? <clears throat> if you don't believe that, this, this same carpenter who was supposed to be insignificant but wound up being very significant, he said, you didn't feed me when I was hungry. You didn't even give me water when I was so well, well, hold on, Lord. I, I, when did we ever disrespect you? He said, whatever you did. Unto the least of these, my brother, you did also unto me. That means you ain't never cursed me out of your life. You cursed out God. You never did anything to me. You never taught me a lesson. You never hurt me because you was hurt. You hurt God. You never cheated on her. You cheated on God. How Differently would you behave if you knew that everything you did, that the Lord was right next to you? How many beds would you lay in knowing he laid down with you? Oh, Lord, have mercy. How many drugs would you have sold knowing that he was selling them with you? Amen. If, if, if he's, see, so we have a we have a tendency to only think he's on the throne, but greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. That means every time you rolled up the joint, you had him rolling it with you. 
I'm trying to help somebody out. I'm just trying to tell you. Every time that you put the needle in your veins, he put his arm there. And you put the needle in his veins so he can protect yours. Did you hear what I just said? You didn't get high. You got him high. And the text says that you have to be able to forgive. Because every time you got high, you did it to him and he forgave you. Every time you cussed out somebody, you cussed him out and he forgave you. Every time you missed church and you was healthy, he forgave you. Every single time you waited for a financial breakthrough and gave him a dollar, he forgave you. But you want to sit up here and cut off forgiveness for everybody else. Forgive or be useless to God. Let's close this thing out. Let me, let me, let me help you a little bit. I want to go down to verse 30. It says, give... To everyone who begs you, and from one who takes away from your goods, and don't ask for it back. What you say, and as you wish to others, you do unto them. As you want them to do it, you do unto them. Now listen, y'all know that golden rule. You've been learning that as a kindergarten. Can we deal with the verse right before that? Can we close with this here? This, to be part of it, and from the one who takes away from your goods, don't demand them back. Can I help you out just for a second? Every time you defend yourself, you only prove to the Satan that God can't fight your battles. Every time you defend yourself, you only prove to Satan that God can't fight your battles. People are taken from you, and when you reach back and take from them, you saying, God, you ain't got no power over here. I'm God. I got it. Did you hear what I just said? Some of you are very useless Christians. No, 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 no. Seriously, some of you are doing nothing for the body of Christ but putting a black eye on it. That's all you're doing. You're not helping the body of Christ. You're punching the body of Christ. You, you're not, you're not. See, the problem with the church and the blessing with the church are the same thing. Here's the problem and the blessing tied up into one sentence. One person represents the whole church. That's a blessing. Amen. The problem is one person represents the whole church. Yeah. That's the cursing. That means you either waking up representing the Lord correctly for his whole church or you're representing him incorrectly. Some people would never come back to the church because of what one person did. Come on, somebody help me out. Amen. Amen. Some of you would never come back to the church because of what one person did to you in your life. And I'm not saying you're right, but for this text, I'm saying they were wrong. Because nobody in here has intellectually reached Salvation. You, 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 listen, you did not open the Bible and go, ooh, I get it, Pastor Temple, I'm coming to your church. No. You were forgiven. And then that forgiveness led you to scriptures of where you can understand it. I need for you to understand that if you're not forgiving people, you're useless. If, listen, 
If you are not forgiving people, you are useless. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't find cute words for me. Please do go research the text. But what you need to understand is if you are not actively living in forgiveness, you are inactively outside the kingdom of God. And I seriously doubt your ability to make it into the kingdom when you have not forgiven on earth. I know you don't like that. I know it's tough, but can I give you a text? Judge and be judged not. But if you do not forgive those, I will not, I'm just not willing to die with God not forgiving me. Listen, listen, let me just tell you this here for the last 30 seconds, last, last 60 seconds. I'm, I'm arguing to you that forgiving makes you useful. Unforgiving makes you useless. And I'm not sure I have a pretty extensive background in theology from Houston Baptist University and I just can't find out where God brings useless people in them. He brings the least because he says they're the most. He brings the last because he says they're the first. But he says if you are lukewarm I just got to spit you out. If you're not producing fruit I got to cut you down. How can a Christian prove with no forgiveness? Because if forgiveness forgive, that's your whole challenge. Listen, I'll repeat this because we lost a little connection. You cannot forgive, you cannot be unforgiving and claim to be Christian. Because the fruit of a Christian is forgiveness. When you think about all those fruits of the Spirit, they all have something to do with forgiveness. They all help you to forgive. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all nine of them. And they help you to forgive. If you don't forgive people, God won't forgive you. Listen, and I'm not willing to die knowing that God has not forgiven me. Let me pray for you, Lord. We thank you. That every message from the Lord ain't supposed to be feeling good all the time. God, help us to stop being useless Christians. We get offended and we don't forgive. We get arguments and we don't forgive. We got folk that we still haven't forgiven since the 80s. Now, you have forgiven us a thousand times a day since the 80s. They was wearing high basketball socks and low basketball shorts or high basketball and shoes that light up and, and fanny pouches and big hair and jackets with shoulder pads in it for women. That's how long ago some of us have apologized and been forgiven. God, don't let us be that no more. 
Help us to love you and love your character. In Jesus' name. If you receive it, will you painfully say amen? Thank you for coming out. God bless you. Antonio's teachings, I have learned more in the last three years than I have ever learned my entire life in church. I've learned more about the Bible, the stories in the Bible, their importance in relation to the Bible. I learned about the five major covenants, never even knew they existed. Listening to Antonio's teachings, I have a personal relationship with God because I have a better understanding of who God is and what his, what his story is about what the Bible is about. I can't even begin to explain to you the peace I have in having a biblical conversation with someone and being able to relate to them versus just sitting there and listening and nodding my head because I have no clue what they're talking about. Antonio's teachings have truly driven my journey and my walk and my relationship with God because his teachings helped me get a better understanding and having that better understanding allowed me to open my mind more to the teachings and to understanding God more because I didn't understand God in the beginning and now that I understand him, my walk and my journey with him, I'm more accepting of it because through Antonio's teaching, I, his teachings, I understand that God loves me regardless because I'm his chosen one, I'm his child. And in the beginning, I didn't think that. In the beginning, it was more of, I couldn't bring myself to God until I was perfect. Antonio's teachings and his, his lessons have taught me the complete opposite of what I believed before I came to listen to his teachings. I am grateful for his teachings because it allowed me to open myself up more to God and to be able to hear him and have a better relationship with him. Antonio's teachings have truly given me a desire to want to learn more about the Bible.